This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Monday, May 6th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Food safety advisories raise cost and risk for suppliers. EPA launches glyphosate reviews and downbeat dims on USMCA. Better food safety detection means higher risks and costs for suppliers. A new report by the cooperative farm lender CoBank shows costs will continue to rise until a reliable traceability system is implemented. While food safety outbreaks have not increased, the ability to detect outbreaks has. This is leading to an increase in broad food safety advisories. Unlike food safety recalls, advisories don't name specific products. The reputational risk cast across all suppliers leads to tangible financial impacts. This risk is rising as supply chains grow more complex and create more potential for contamination. The total impact of an advisory is much greater than a recall and reaches far beyond the company at the source of the contamination, according to Crystal Carpenter, senior economist of specialty crops at CoBank, in a news release. The entire industry can be negatively affected by an advisory. The report adds that mainstream media and social media coverage has increased consumer awareness of advisories, leading to greater financial and brand risk for any company involved. EPA launches glyphosate reviews. Starting today, the EPA is taking comments on a pair of issues related to glyphosate, the widely used weed killer whose safety is being challenged in the courts and by activist campaigns. There will be a 60-day comment period on a proposed registration decision that includes some new restrictions on how the herbicide is used. EPA is proposing label changes designed to limit spray drift to reduce the extent of environmental exposure and risk to non-target plants and animals. Separately, EPA is taking comment for 30 days on a petition from organic food companies and the Environmental Working Group to restrict the use of glyphosate herbicide. The petition calls for setting a lower safe limit for the herbicide on oat crops and to ban pre-harvest application on oats. By the way, activists also have been attacking glyphosate usage by filing lawsuits against food companies and restaurant chains whose products contain trace amounts of the herbicide. One of the latest cases involves the Panera restaurant chain. A lawsuit filed in March says the company's claim to be 100% clean is false, since glyphosate can be found in its food. An earlier lawsuit against Florida's natural orange juice was dismissed. But Suzanne Tigg, a former industry lawyer with the firm Hayes and Boone, says it's not clear yet whether the attacks on the food industry will be successful. In the meantime, there are rumors that a new program similar to non-GMO labeling is in the works that would allow companies to label their products as glyphosate-free if they meet a certain standard, she said. Citrus may get FSMA exemptions. After a recent meeting with the head of inspection and compliance at the California Department of Food and Agriculture, the CDFA, California Citrus Mutual, CCM, hopeful changes could come for citrus growers. CCM shared that the department and the Food and Drug Administration could potentially streamline audit archives related to the Food Safety Modernization Act. CDFA is administering the inspections for the FDA. 
CCM pointed out citrus does not have the same level of risk as other fresh commodities, and there has never been a foodborne outbreak for fresh citrus. Trump raises stakes for China talks. The ongoing trade negotiations with China returned to D.C. this week, and President Donald Trump yesterday raised the stakes for the talks by threatening to raise tariffs on Chinese exports this coming Friday. Tariffs that are now set at 10% would go to 25%, Trump said on Twitter. Those talks are going too slowly. Keep in mind, on Friday, Trump told reporters he was expecting a historic deal with China in the near future. He said the talks were, quote, going along pretty well. I would even say very well. Well, for more on the talks and the latest on disaster aid, be sure and read the Washington Week Ahead, available at agripulse.com. Peterson, cloudy prospects for USMCA. House Agriculture Chairman Colin Peterson says he's unsure when and if the new U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement will get approved, given on what he's hearing from colleagues on the Ways and Means Committee, which is responsible for trade policy. I'm being told by people on the committee on the Democratic side that they would be surprised if it makes it through this Congress, Peterson said in an AgriPulse open mic interview. Peterson, the Minnesota Democrat, also says he's worried the farm economy is going to worsen this year, and he says there is little Congress can do about it given the federal budget deficit. As much as I'd want to improve the farm bill, if we get into a really bad situation, I'm going to be hard-pressed to add to the deficit to do it, he said. Peterson, who traveled to Brazil and Argentina during the Easter recess, said Brazilian farmers still face huge infrastructure challenges relative to the U.S., but have made major productivity improvements in corn, soybeans, and cotton that are helping offset that disadvantage. You can listen to AgriPulse Open Mic at www.agripulse.com. Trump wants better trade with Russia. U.S. and Russian ties may be frayed over election meddling and Venezuela, but the two countries can do a lot more trade with each other, Trump said Friday, after an hour-long conversation with Russian President Vladimir Putin. We intend to do a lot of trade with Russia, Trump said. We do some right now. It's up a little bit. But he'd like to do trade, and we'd like to do trade. U.S. ag exports to Russia are at a low point. That after the country banned U.S. beef, pork, poultry, fruits, and vegetables, seafood, fish, cheese, milk, seeds, and other farm and food products in August of 2014. It was originally a one-year ban, but was later extended to the end of this year. Comet sought for SGMA grant protection. The competitive grants will provide funding for planning and implementing projects required under the Sustainable Groundwater Management Act. The projects could be the groundwater sustainability plans, recharge projects, or efforts to prevent groundwater contamination. The Department of Water Resources has made $47 million available. Public meetings will be beginning in early June. Comments may be submitted online or by hard copy. Keep in mind, DWR will also provide $88 million in grants next year as a result of Proposition 68 funding. This week in Sacramento, 
Today, May 6, at 10.30, the Senate Appropriations takes up SB 62 on extending safe harbor to farmers for accidental take of endangered or threatened species. SB 135 on paid family leave. SB 153 on regulating hemp as an ag product. SB 559 on fixing the Fryat Kern Canal. It may be reduced to $200 million. At 1 o'clock, Assembly Floor will take up the AB 1788 on extending restrictions on second-generation rodenticides. It's the third reading file. AJR 8 on nutria eradication. It's the third reading file. AB 589 on unfair immigration-related practices. And AB 858 on cannabis cultivation on consent calendar. At 2.30, Assembly Revenue and Taxation will take up AB 10 on a tax levy for low-income farm workers' housing credits. That is a vote only. For tomorrow, May 7th, at 10 o'clock, State Food and Ag Board they cover the SGMA impacts, floodplain reactivation of rice fields, and trade at the CDFA at 1220 North Street in the main auditorium. At 2.30, Senate Select Committee on California-Mexican Cooperation will discuss growing binational economy. On Wednesday, May 8th at 9 o'clock, Assembly Appropriations will take up AB 958 on a pilot grant program for organic farmers supplying school lunches. AB 986 on a grant program to preserve farmland and make it accessible to disadvantaged farmers. And AB 1783 on streamlining H-2A farmworker housing process. For the Washington Week Ahead, see Phil Basher's report at www.agripulse.com. Here is today's She Said It. Just the filing of the case is enough to capture the headlines and do the brand some harm. That food industry lawyer Suzanne Trigg on the impact of lawsuits challenging the use of terms such as natural, healthy, or clean. She was speaking at the Food and Drug Law Institute's annual conference. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Monday, May 6th, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Daly.